This is Kelly Clarkson. If you love awesome music, then you also have a soft spot for TV's number one singing competition, The Voice. This season, it'll be bigger and better than ever with Adam Blake, Jennifer Hudson, and the reigning champ, moi. I've won The Voice six times. There is life beyond Blake. I want to be a cowboy. I can do all that too. Your turn, Blake. <laughs> Watch Team Kelly on The Voice. Not to brag, but I am the returning champ. Followed by the premiere of Manifest, tonight on NBC. Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. I'm here today uh, with Spring, um, and we were getting ready to do a recording about pregnancy because we have a whole bunch of questions that people have there. And while we were getting ready to record, um, Spring got a message on her Facebook from a stranger, um, which is really weird because we're sitting here in my office and we're having a great conversation talking about the fun things that we want to do. And our day was interrupted um, by revenge porn. Um, and a lot of people don't know what it is, uh, but uh, people call it non-consensual pornography, revenge porn. But I'm I'm going to be here today talking with Spring. She's here. Hi, Spring. Hi. Uh, and I think this is a really important topic that people aren't talking about very much, but millions of people uh, have to deal with it. So uh, I'm just going to ask Spring some questions about what's going on. Um, but first of all, I think it'd be really useful to have a working definition for what revenge porn is. A lot of people don't seem to understand it. So so what is revenge porn? So revenge porn is, um, it includes photos and videos that have been taken of somebody and then posted on the internet without that person's consent. So they might be photos of them masturbating or photos of them naked or um, photos of them actually having sex with somebody or videos of any of these things. And um, so all of these things that are posted without someone's consent are not okay. And that's considered a sexual assault. And that is, you know, kind of um, what we call revenge porn. But specifically, revenge porn has some very strange hallmarks to it that are very disturbing. So when revenge porn is posted, so these images and videos are posted of someone without their consent, what these revenge porn community people do is they post things to make sure that you know that this was posted without someone's consent. So they will... Um, post someone's name, their contact information. They will post real photos of them from their Facebook and from any other public place they can find photos of that person. And they will try to prove that this person does not want their photos shared, that they are not um, consensually making pornography and that this is something that will ruin their life. And they um, make sure that all of that is encompassed within these postings they make. And it's even more than ruining someone's life. So um, I don't know how many of our listeners know, but uh, Spring is the first person who's actually using new laws meant to protect people in a, a lawsuit about non-consensual pornography and revenge porn. Um, but uh, she, 
So sorry, I'm I, I'm quite upset going through this today, um, and it, I'm not the victim of it. Uh, but Spring and I, Spring and I have had many conversations about what she's felt and the kind of trauma that she's been going through. Um, so the, revenge porn are pictures. They include personal information against someone's consent, but on top of it, there's a this blackmail component that comes through pretty. Frequently, I don't know if you want to share any of your experiences about the kind of blackmail messages that you've got, Spring. Yeah, so so the disclosure part of this is for me to say that um, an ex posted some revenge porn of me, and then um, the revenge porn community, it seems, has taken over and posted, I don't know who's posted most of these, but um, dozens of um, posts have been made, and... Um, Several times, new photos that have never been posted before have emerged um, that only this one ex had. So I know that he's behind all of it. But then there's this kind of uh, internet takeover of um, people that have been posting and then of all of these people's strangers that have been contacting me Um both after seeing things and then even before seeing things, um, some people have claimed that they have images and reach out to me and threaten me. And so what Andrew is talking about here, this, um, this, these threats um, are quite terrifying. The first threat I received was the day before the first of any of these revenge porn posts went up and a stranger contacted me on Tumblr sent me a message and told me that if I did not send him nude photos of me whenever he wanted at his request, that he would make this revenge porn post and that that would be hanging over me and that I would have to live my life, you know, sending him things whenever he wanted to prevent these photos from being leaked. Right. And it's, and it's the kind of leaking that they do. Like they threaten to share it with uh, your workplace or your, your boss or your parents or your family. Um, I know uh, several women who've been through this process and it's this crazy, awful sort of coming out story that they have to keep living through and telling people that they're close to, uh, that there are these people on the internet who against my will are sexually harassing me and part of their game, and it's almost like a game to them, it seems, like this really nasty, negative, hurtful game, um, is that they're going to involve all of the people in this person's life. Um, and I know I've talked to Spring on multiple occasions where we were having like a nice weekend or there was a wedding planned or something would come up that would sort of disrupt the whole process. Um, not only does it increase constant fear because you don't know who these people are or where they are, but they have your address and your phone number and your workplace. They have all of that information. So it's almost like there's someone stalking you constantly. You never, it's, it's almost like you give except, up feeling safe, right? Except you don't know who's stalking you because it's a group of strangers. And so it's so difficult to, to even to ever feel safe, to ever feel like you have any privacy. Um, that's the thing that I feel like I've lost the most of is the sense of privacy that I didn't even know I had that I took for granted that just seemed, you know, uh, like a natural part of my life. And I used to have all my social media as public and, um, but they've stolen a lot of images from my social media and even photoshopped them and put those up on the revenge porn post to make it look like I want 
the revenge porn posts to be shared more. And so I've had to make all my social media private and I've had to, um, you know, change the way I think about privacy because I, I know that I'll never be able to have the same life that I've had before because I'm being constantly harassed and messaged by strangers on the internet. But I think it's more than just privacy that you've lost, right? Do you want to talk about some of the other issues that have happened since then? So lack of privacy, lack of safety. I don't know. I mean, it seems like the kind of thing that just would hang over you without, like relentlessly without any way to kind of combat it or get better, right? Yeah. I mean, I I immediately told my best friends and I, I was nervous. I mean, I was nervous even to tell my best friends what was going on because I um, didn't know how people would react to this, I guess. But um, for sure, I've been very nervous to talk to uh, my workplace, to my parents. You know, I've had to bring this up because, well, now it's a large public lawsuit. Um, but even before that, there were stages where I needed to disclose and talk about this because I didn't know how far it was going to go. I mean, I still don't know um, what could be around the next corner. And um, so it's been it's been very scary along the way, considering that uh, my job could be at risk or how friendships or relationships. And I, I have had some relationships affected by this, people who have felt uncomfortable dealing with what I have to deal with. And, and I, I understand that because I don't want to deal with these strangers harassing me all the time. So I, it's unfair, I feel like for me to ask other people to have to deal with that. And just by being in my life, that is something you're taking on at this point, because um, who knows how far the trolls on the internet can take something. It's one of those things for me. So I sit back and I'm like, why in the world would somebody who had ostensibly cared for you, you break up and they want to get back together with you, do this uh, hyper damaging, cruel, I don't know, like what kind of mindset does it take for someone to get in and think that this is what's going to win me that person back? Um, And Spring and I were talking about it a little bit. Like, do they think that if I alienate everybody else out of your life like I push them all away because I create these images and share them that uh, I'll be the only person left to run to it really seems like some kind of serious mental health issue that would let I don't, I don't want to say like force but like allow someone to to do this kind of damage to another person um it, it, I, I mean it's a form of sexual assault it, it they are uh engaging in this sexual act, which is, uh, posting these photos without my consent. And, um, I mean, we, we always think that about sexual assault. How could someone do this? And, uh, and people commit all ranges of sexual assault, even with people that they are supposedly in love with or in relationships with. And I think that crimes are difficult to understand. Sexual crimes are hard to understand. And it's even harder to understand when you have placed your trust and uh, have loved somebody that is committing that crime. So it 
it's very difficult and it's a form of domestic violence when it's someone that you've been in a relationship with. It's very difficult to understand um, how or why someone would do that and then to be able to process that and to think about not only how to keep yourself safe um, emotionally and physically and how to be able to move on and uh, trust somebody else. Right. So not only does it like interrupt your day-to-day life, but it changes the way that you have to look at all future relationships too. And I think it would, if, I mean, if it happened to me, it would change the way that I would be able to trust a future partner too. Like it would permanently change the way that I would engage in relationships with people. There'd be parts of myself I wouldn't be willing to share. Really fun, engaging, exciting parts of myself that I would have to, you know, keep hidden. Um, and it's kind of scary. And I think I think it's also really important to say here that uh, whenever people start talking about being the victims of revenge porn, there's a lot of slut shaming and blame that happens. Like, why did you send those photos? Why did you do that? Why did you record that? Um, we talked about sexting in an earlier episode where we're kind of more lightheartedly talking about like, you know, there, you should be thoughtful about how you're doing it, but also be aware that there can be these kind of outcomes. Um, but I think this is part of that broader rape culture uh, discussion that we need to have. We'll have to have a future episode where, where we really dig in, but we talked about toxic masculinity and how that feeds into this. And I think this is just another part of that overall conversation, but it's really important um, for us and for our listeners and for everyone out there. If someone has this happen to them, um, don't don't blame them, believe them, trust them and support them through it uh, because this is happening against their consent. Um, I mean, I think like we call it sexual harassment. It, it really does feel like a kind of rape to me at the end of the day where you're really trying to dominate, control, abuse another person um, and abuse their trust too because they trusted you with the images or videos. So when I've reported this crime and we'll talk Um, at the end about what to do if you have been a victim. Um, When I've reported this crime to the police, I've gotten a lot of that victim blaming. And I think it's because our police haven't been trained in this and they don't know a lot about this crime. Um, But I've repeatedly been asked, well, how did he get these photos? Why did he have these photos? Um, And I've even been asked like, oh, well, were you planning to marry him? Like implying that only if I was married to somebody should they have photos of me and that um, not only should I have not trusted somebody, but also that it, you know, kind of how long I've been with somebody would determine whether that was okay. And um, so that's a type of victim blaming when they're saying, you know, that uh, this wouldn't have happened if I hadn't trusted my partner and given him those photos or allowed him to have some photos that he took. And um, what's most disturbing about that is that it makes it even harder to report. So if I'm getting that from police, then um, it makes it scary to reach back out the next time that it happens because I've had to make uh, nine police reports at this stage of new, um, unique, different posts that included new information that other ones hadn't included before. And um, I really want everyone to know that um, the answer to revenge porn is not to stop taking photos or to stop sharing photos. That is a ridiculous statement. That is like saying that if you don't want to have anything stolen, that you should never own anything. 
And that is not the answer. The answer is that people shouldn't be committing a crime. Right. It, reminds, it reminds me exactly of the same stuff with rape culture in the United States, where like, well, what was she wearing? Or you shouldn't have been there alone, or you shouldn't have been having drinks. Like, no, you should be able to wear whatever you want, go wherever you want, and drink whatever you want. Like, the and real answer should not be committing rape. Right. It's the same kind of blame culture that we have, especially with women and their sexuality. I think there's some good news that's coming down the pipeline for this too. Um, and I think one of the reasons why I'm excited to be talking with Spring about this today is that there are new laws. Um, I mean, the internet is 20 some years old, but the way that social media is being used is constantly evolving and it's fresh and it's brand new. Um, and it takes a long time for legal precedents to catch up to the point of like the actual crime that's being committed. But um, do you want to take a few minutes and talk about where you are currently with your lawsuit and some of the things that you're doing? And at the very end, we'll talk about some resources too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the hardest part for me has been um, just not really knowing, you know, when something's going to happen again. And so I was nervous to start the lawsuit. I was nervous that it would, um, create more revenge porn post, um, that I would get more harassment. And so navigating kind of how to, um, live my life each day with, with these constant threats and then knowing, you know, when it was finally the right time to actually, um, to file the lawsuit and then to come out publicly about that has been really challenging. And I was, I was very nervous to file the lawsuit. I was very nervous to, um, have this be out in the media and public. And, um, I'll just say that, you know, Andrew and I recorded that episode of sexting around, um, early on in this revenge porn, what was happening to me. And I, I felt the need to start to have that conversation on our podcast, but I couldn't be public about the revenge porn stuff yet because I, I didn't, I didn't even understand it. I still didn't know what was happening. And now that I've been living with this for four months, I kind of sadly understand how it works. And I know kind of the, the ebbs and flows. And I know that when I get a, message from a stranger on Facebook that there's a new revenge porn post up and that I need to then go report that, screenshot it, have it taken down, make a new police report if it's new unique content. Um, and I guess once I've kind of settled into understanding all of this, it was uh, like, okay, I can't live like this forever, though. I want to make some change. And that's why I filed the lawsuit, because um, I couldn't even imagine having to go through this if I was younger or if I didn't have, you know, some family or friends that understood and supported me through this. I, I could not imagine, like, being an undergrad student and trying to uh, finish my college degree and be dealing with strangers harassing me about nude photos every day. Like I would, I would be terrified and I wouldn't be able to finish my degree. Like, and I, I can't, I can't live knowing that that's happening to people. And that's why I filed this lawsuit so that we can make some changes. 
it's just crazy to think of how many women are probably living with those threats and that blackmail right now, and they don't have good support networks and they don't feel supported and they're terrified. And this is really a kind of terrorism. You're terrorizing someone into changing everything about their life. Um, and I mean, and even today in that little infinitesimal way, like we're getting ready to have a kind of fun episode to talk about. And, and I'm not joking. It, they were Facebook messages coming into spring while we were typing up some notes in my office after a lovely weekend together. Um, I think that this has, a, I don't want to say it's ruined a lot of spring's weekends, but it has really changed the way that she's been able to enjoy friends and family and vacations and work and all of these other things. Uh I don't know, but I, th- there, I mean, there are times when it totally breaks me down. Um, there was a day like two weeks ago when a stranger on Facebook started messaging nudes of me directly to my Facebook friends. Um, so like they had found like a public list of my Facebook friends and then started uh, whoever they could send messages to, they were doing that. And I found out from one of my friends and um I cried for seven hours that day. I cried. I woke up to that at 7 a.m. And I finally was able to leave my apartment at 2. Um, and it was, I mean, that was that was a push to get out of the apartment at 2 that day. But it was, it's so overwhelming every time a new type of attack related to this revenge porn happens. And that was so invasive to have people just getting photos of me and to, to me, I, I didn't know there's nothing you can do in that exact moment to stop it. I mean, I can, uh, subpoena Facebook for that profile that was sending the photos for their IP address. And then we can, uh, subpoena the internet company for that IP addresses, the name associated with it. And then we can press charges. Um, but that is, that is not going to help you in that moment. And it involves hiring a lawyer and it involves lawyer fees and it involves um, taking that person to court. And it's, it's when you have to call the police and make another police report. So it's not just a five or 10 minute solution. It eats up an entire day with all of the reports and the legal systems. Um, After you're done crying, you have to, you have to spend seven hours crying first. Just kidding. Uh, Except I'm not, I mean that it's very, it's, traumatizing over and over and over. And so there, there's all of that, plus all of the legal things, plus all of the uh, monitoring and taking down uh, posts that we're finding. Um, so, I mean, it's, uh, it's highly time consuming, but also very emotionally overwhelming. Right. And on top of that, the the legal, the lawsuit, the whole lawsuit part is incredibly expensive to get and retain a lawyer. And the thing is, in the whole country, there's probably less than 100 lawyers who actually have the background knowledge information to take on this kind of case. It's rare. So fortunately, Spring lives in New York City and with the other 10 plus million people there, there's going to be. But there's only a few. And and, and in in a city of 10 million people, there's only a few lawyers who actually understand what's going on well enough. So we're at the beginning. I'm really proud of Spring. You should be proud of her, too, for kind of taking the lead um if you want to look it up she had an article where she there's was been a, there's been several articles yeah. in um new york and, post had one and um some tv uh specials have uh some news specials so i mean if you if you just google spring cooper revenge porn you can easily find articles about it um but i don't necessarily think you need to do that i think uh you've heard 
more about it just by talking to me here than you'd see in any of those articles anyway. But we don't want to leave you down and out. We want to leave you feeling a little bit empowered. So I'm going to talk about some stuff and then Spring's going to talk about some stuff uh, real quick. Uh, so if you see any kind of revenge porn on any kind of social media site, you don't have to be the victim of it to report it to that site and ask them to take it down. And when you see it, it is obvious that it is revenge porn. Um, so just click on it and take it down uh, or ask for them to take it down. Um, so I think this is a call to action. Um, and if it happens to you, I mean, not if it happens to you, if you see it happening, stand up to it, fight to take it down. If you hear people talking about it, um, you should you know, really talk to them and let them know that it is sexual harassment, that you're damaging people's lives. This is the kind of thing that leads to post-traumatic stress disorder because that constant high level of repeated stress on somebody. Um, but there's a lot of actions that you can take individually if you see it. You can, you know, flag it on Facebook or Instagram or any of the other social media sites if it shows up there or Twitter um, as revenge porn. Um, yeah, but there's some other things that you can do too. So I just want to comment on a couple of those things. I think it is a great idea to report it if you see revenge porn. Um, it is a lot of uh, social media sites won't necessarily take it down if it's not you. Um, you can try contacting that person. I it is that one's a hard one it's for like me to 22. say. Yeah. yeah, because like I've had you know, people contact me about it and most of them are jerks that have been looking at revenge porn and, uh, and then are saying disgusting things to me. Um, so, so, I mean, you can try to contact the person. Um, one of my best friends started doing that. She started contacting some people that she saw their uh, revenge porn stuff up after she was helping me get some of mine taken down. And, um, and a couple of the women didn't reply and one did reply and had no idea that that stuff was up. And then I was able to message with her and help her some. So, I mean, um, that, that is one approach. I would also caution against it. Just let you know that if you do contact someone that you've seen their stuff, they might not react well. Um, I am. That's, that's, that's what I meant by catch 22. Like yeah. my, my initial response, whenever I see something like that is like, I want to go talk to the person. Oh crap. That person's harassed all the time. Do I want to harass this person? So for me, I contact and email the site right away that it's happening, but most of the sites don't even ever respond. Yeah, the sites are um, are not good at responding. They're not good at taking things down, even when um, I'm reporting as myself saying that those are my images and that they need to be removed. If they are your images, though, I think in the United States, a selfie that you take of yourself, you have copyright protection for. So you can actually use the what, DCIM. What's DCMA. It? DCMA. You can actually... Four letters? The, the copyright thing, like, a, you know, your favorite song on YouTube, you want to go listen to it and you click the link and it's been taken down because of copyright violation. The same thing that lets Beyonce protect her songs being mashed up on YouTube, you can use to, to have your pictures taken down as well. It's actually illegal for other people to post your pictures without their consent because you own the copyright to them. The, there's some trickle, tricky legal things about if someone else takes the photo of you. Um, it's still covered under revenge porn if someone else has taken the photo, but the that wouldn't apply in that case but um it's still covered under revenge porn or under harassment if your state doesn't have a revenge porn law and there are um still 12 states that do not have revenge porn laws on the books um and a lot of the revenge porn laws that um are um 
already in place in the 38 states that have them are not as strong as they should be. And so one of the things that I'm doing in this legal case is trying to, um, you know, make some changes in how social media sites are responding to revenge porn and then also seeing what we can do about strengthening some of these laws. And and every state should have one because um, it's it's obviously a sexual assault. It's just that, like Andrew said, it takes a while to catch up to some of these new kind of types of sexual assault that happen yeah, through the internet. Uh, right. And I think it's crazy. So New York is one of the most populated states. The law has been around. And New York state does not have a law. Only New York city does. And I am so lucky that I live in New York city so that I have this law that I can use to help. That's what I, New York change. is one of the most populated states. The majority of the people in the state don't have any protections from it. Um, and Springs is the very first case in New York City that's actually being tried, which means that there are probably millions of women across the United States and even more around the world who are just living with this kind of threat in their day-to-day life. Um, so you can take action. You can report some things. There are some charities that are have formed that are working. Um, one of the better legal ones is the cybercivilrights.org, where they tell you all of the laws, where you live, and the kind of protections that you have, and can try to connect you to legal services to help. Um, I know that there are some legal services available for people who don't have very much money. So if you don't have a lot of money, there's some people who will try to help your case. Um, I don't know. What other services do we want to let uh, our listeners know about before we end for today? This is this is your period, by the way. The period today is this the call period. to action. And there are resources out there. Um, if so, you make donations, uh, some of them could desperately use uh, your money uh, to help pay the incredible legal fees that are involved in trying to make these changes. Yeah. There's not a lot of um, kind of revenge porn support groups yet. Uh, there's one on Facebook called Badass that you can, um, if you're a victim, you can request membership of. And that one's based in Ohio, um, but it's a Facebook group. But um, specifically, if you live in Ohio, they could do a lot more to help you. And um, But to find you know, these uh, support groups of people that have been through this has actually been pretty challenging. And um, there are, you know, of course, domestic violence support groups that people could go to, um, which are um, definitely helpful. Um, but it is it is nice to be able to talk to someone that has been through something similar um, that you've gone through. But um, I just want to, as my period, my part of the period, I want to say uh, the few things that you need to do immediately if this has happened to you. Um, and we'll post a link about this as well. But the first thing is you need to screenshot it. You need to have that evidence. Um, and then you need to report it to have it taken it down. So to whatever the website is and every website that things are posted on have a different way to report it. So it's kind of annoying to, especially when you're flustered and you're angry and terrified to figure out what the proper way to report it is. But, um, You need to report it to that website to have it taken down and then um, make a police report. And even if your state doesn't have a um, 
revenge porn law, you can make a police report and they could file it as harassment or as any something else that uh, it would fit under. So it is important to screenshot, report it to the site to have it removed and then report it to the police. And um, those are things that you need to do immediately so that you, um, even if you don't want to file a lawsuit, you have that report made. And that's very important. So, um, I hope that none of our listeners have had this happen to them, but if you have, you have support. Um, if you want to share your story with us, feel free, you can reach out. Um, if you have any other questions about this, um, you can let us know as well. Uh, we can try to connect you to appropriate resources. Um, yeah, so this is a sad ending today. Uh, but I think this is a really important conversation that more people need to be having and the silver lining normally i don't focus on silver linings because it kind of tries to you know make something that's bad seem bright but the silver lining is we are making progress step by step so um i want to start i want to start my end today by thanking spring for being willing to share her story it was really traumatic and, and we're sitting two feet apart from each other and i can see the emotions and trauma playing across her face the whole time i can see her fighting back tears um so thank you for being brave enough and courageous enough to share your story with our listeners and share your story with me and i'm glad that i could be here to help support you as well um so uh listeners if you want to if you have any questions for us you can email us at the at gmail.com uh, you can uh, you can call us at four one three I wrap it that's wrap with the W, um, and you can find us at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Sex Wrap. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too af- Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.